Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Jesus and his disciples, his followers, leave Galilee. They leave Israel. They travel north and west to the region of Tyre and Sidon. These are cities on the Mediterranean Sea. Historically, this region was known as Phoenicia. Now it's in the nation of Lebanon. This was a Gentile land a land of non-Jews. It was a pagan land full of idol worship. It was an enemy land. Only 200 years prior, residents of the region had fought alongside the Greeks against the Jews. So why was Jesus going there? Well, he wanted to get away. He wanted to break from the Pharisees and the scribes. He wanted to break from conflict with religious leaders. He wanted to break from the crowds. He wanted opportunity to be with his disciples, his inner circle of followers, the 12, whom he called so that he could teach them, fellowship with them without interruption, without disturbance. So he leaves Israel. He tried this before, but perhaps he thinks that if he goes outside of Israel, they won't be followed. They won't be followed into this Gentile pagan enemy land. And there he will be unknown, incognito. Well, when they arrive, they enter a house. Jesus doesn't want anyone to know that they are there, but the Son of God can't keep hidden. Somehow word about Jesus spreads that a healer is here, a teacher is here. Now, there was a woman in the region who was in dire need, desperate need. She had a small child, a daughter. Her daughter had an unclean spirit. She was possessed by an evil spirit, a demon. Now, upon hearing about Jesus, this woman in need immediately seeks him out. She goes to him. She enters the house and falls down at his feet, pleading, begging, imploring, She asked Jesus to cast out the demon from her daughter, to heal her, restore her. Have you ever been in dire need? Desperate need. Whether it was something in your own life causing this need or whether it was something in the life of one that you know and love. Maybe You're there now, in the midst of some sort of deep struggle or illness or failure or injury or loss. Whatever it is, whatever it is, there's absolutely nothing that you can do about it. Go to Jesus. Just like this woman, seek him out. Fall before him. Plead. Well, of all the people that approach Jesus in Mark's gospel, and we have seen a number of them over the past few weeks, this woman has the most against her, at least from a Jewish perspective. 
First of all, she's a woman. Culturally, her status is below that of any man. She's also a Gentile, a Greek-speaking Gentile, one who is outside of God's covenant people, a pagan, perhaps even an idol worshiper. She's Syrophoenician, which means she's local. She's from the region, historically enemies of God's people. All of this points to the fact that in the eyes of any Jew, she was unclean, ritually impure. Someone that you stay away from, someone that would make you unclean. A Jewish teacher, a, a Jewish rabbi would never associate with such a person, would never be in the same room of such a person if they could help it, much less talk to them. Now, if the woman did know this, it didn't stop her. She goes to Jesus. She falls before Jesus. She begs Jesus. She is in desperate need. Now, she bears a striking resemblance to the woman in our Old Testament reading from 1 Kings. In chapter 17 of 1 Kings, the Lord speaks to the prophet Elijah. God tells Elijah to go to Zarephath. Now, Zarephath is in the region of Sidon and Tyre, the, the setting of our story from Mark. Elijah is to go outside of Israel. He's to go away from God's people because there's a drought. God has stopped the rain. Elijah was to enter this Gentile land, this pagan land, because God was going to miraculously provide for him during a time of famine. God had commanded a widow there to feed Elijah. She had a jar of flour and she had a jug of oil that never ran out. No matter how much she used, no matter how much bread she made, there was always flour, there was always oil. While Elijah was there, the son of this widow became ill, very ill, and he dies. This Syrophoenician woman, a Gentile, a pagan, approached the prophet, approached the man of God in her need, her desperate need, and pleads with him. And through Elijah, through the prophet, the Lord heals her son. The Lord brings him back to life. And because of this, she believes this pagan Gentile Syrophoenician woman believes. Listen to verse 24 of our first Kings passage again. The woman speaks, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. This unclean Syrophoenician woman falls before Jesus, begs, pleads for Jesus to heal her daughter. And Jesus responds to her request. He responds to her begging with a parable, a short parable. Listen again to verse 27. Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. Now, Jesus has a lot of hard sayings, but this may be the most offensive saying of Jesus. Now, essentially, he calls this woman a dog. Now, in the ancient world, dogs had a very different place in society than they do in ours. Dogs were not known as faithful, loyal companions, a, a pet that can bring joy and comfort in the home, one that you pat and walk and play with in the yard. No, dogs were dirty. 
filthy. Dogs were wild scavengers that ate garbage. Carrion. Dead animals, dead corpses. Calling someone a dog was an insult. In fact, every single reference to dogs in the Bible is negative. For, for, for example, here's one from the Old Testament in Exodus 22:31. The Lord speaks these words to his people. You shall be consecrated to me. Therefore, you shall not eat any flesh that is torn by beasts in the field. You shall throw it to the dogs. In other words, God's saying, if you find any dead animals that have been ripped up or chewed on by other animals, don't touch it. Don't eat it. You are holy. You are set apart. Give it to the dogs. And in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus speaks these words in chapter 7. This is Matthew 7, verse 6. Jesus says, do not give to dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs. Now, for Jews, dog was a good word for Gentiles. Dog was a good word for pagans. It was a good word for godless idolaters. Now, the Greek word in our passage can mean small dog. It's a word for small dog, which may refer to a dog kept in a house or, or around a house. But it's still a dog. Let the children be fed first. For it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And Jesus is saying, Jesus is telling this woman that his ministry is to the children. That he has come for Israel, that he has come for God's people, his people of the covenant. He has come for the descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's come for his people whom he freed from slavery in Egypt, gave the law, brought to the promised land, shepherded through judges and, and kings, spoke through the prophets. Jesus has come to feed them, nourish them, give them life, and do so by fulfilling the law, fulfilling the prophets, fulfilling the scriptures, taking upon himself the curse of the law, death, separation from God, Exercising kingly power and strength through love, sacrificial, selfless love displayed in his enthronement on the cross as king of the Jews. Jesus came to give God's people what they could not gain through the law. Righteousness. Proper standing before God. Life. Jesus came to feed the children first. It's not right to throw their bread to the dogs, even small dogs. Now, notice, notice, don't miss this. Notice how the woman does not react. Notice how she does not react to Jesus's words. Notice that she's not offended. Jesus calls her a dog, but she doesn't storm out of the room in anger. She doesn't scream expletives at him in rage. She doesn't slap him or spit on him. She doesn't rant about him on social media, nor does she quietly slip away neglected. No. This woman in dire need humbly listens to Jesus, attentively hears his word, 
And she enters this short power parable. She enters the world of the parable. She enters the truth of the parable. She becomes claimed by it, and she answers Jesus in terms of it. She hears a key word in the parable, and that key word is first. Jesus says, let the children be fed first. First means that the children are the priority. First means that the children eat before anyone else, that they are filled. But first also implies that others will eat too. Second. Next. Later. After the children. The father has an abundance. So the woman answers in verse 28, listen to her answer again. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And she agrees. Yes. Yes, Jesus. The priority is the children, and I am not one. I am not a child. I am not a descendant of Abraham. I am not a member of God's covenant. I don't have a place at the table. I am nothing but a dog, a small dog. But the little dogs eat the crumbs. The little dogs eat the scraps that fall under the table. Jesus, please let me have a crumb. Just one. Heal my daughter. Jesus answers, for this statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. Jesus gives her a crumb. He answers her plea. He casts out the demon. He heals her daughter, makes her whole. Now, in the, in the recounting of the story in Matthew's gospel, you'll, you'll find it in chapter 15 of Matthew's gospel, same story. Jesus adds these words, Oh, woman, great is your faith. Jesus commends this Gentile, pagan, enemy woman. He praises her faith, treats her like a child, feeds her. She is the first person that we have seen in Mark's gospel to understand a parable of Jesus, to receive a parable of Jesus. So far, what have we seen? We've seen the religious leaders, they get offended by Jesus. The disciples have a hard time understanding him. They'll they'll often ask him in private to explain to them his parables. This Gentile woman comes to Jesus humbly. She comes to him in dire need. She hears, she understands, she believes. She accepts the primacy of God's revelation to Israel Jesus' ministry to God's people, and she trusts that God's, that God's abundance will spill over, that it will overflow to the Gentiles, that it will come to dogs like her. And you, and me. Because that is where we fit into this parable. If you're not a a, a Jew, if you're not a a, a direct descendant of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, this is where you fit in this parable. Dog. Gentile. Unclean outside of God's covenant people. But Jesus, through his death, Jesus, through his crucifixion and resurrection, he opened God's covenant to those outside of Israel, to dogs, to Gentiles, you, you. Me. 
is through faith in Jesus, you're a child. Through faith, you're no longer outside the household of God, no longer a dog under the table, but a child. Adopted. Engrafted. A descendant of Abraham. One given forgiveness and righteousness and life with a place in the Father's house, a place at the table fed and filled Are you at the table? Are you at your place in the table? Being fed, being filled. Are are you a child of the Father by faith? Or are you still under the table or outside the house altogether? A dog. Come to Jesus. He invites you. But don't come clinging to your rights. Don't don't come brandishing your righteousness. Don't, Don't come trying to exercise control. Come to him humbly, like the Syrophoenician woman, placing yourself at his feet, recognizing your need, your sin, simply desiring a crumb. And he will lift you up. And he will seat you at the table and call you brother, sister, child of the living God, child of the eternal Father, and feed you in abundance. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 